Welcome to the Starting Rotation podcast presented by First Round. This is a podcast presented also by the Edmonton Stingers of the CEBL. My name is Mark Majot and I'm joined by... Kira Lyons. Jason Hills. Avery Luth McDougall. We survived the first one and we are here for episode two. If you're listening to this, you clearly found out where to download it. But if you want some other places to hear it, we're on Anchor FM Breaker, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, as well as on the stingers.ca. Jason, I think we have to address something that... It's kind of hard to ignore. It's for a good cause, <laughs> but if you follow the Stingers on social media, go to their website, you, or if you live in even just Edmonton, you're aware of what the hair massacre is. Jason, I'm staring at you. You have bright pink hair. You look like a highlighter. The beard is also pink. How have been the first few days of going pink? For a good cause, correct? Absolutely. It's all to support the kids and, uh, you know, and their fight against cancer, against cancer. And, and it was an interesting day yesterday. There was uh, some, some wide-eyed faces in the office when I walked back in. You know, woke up this morning and hopped in the shower and I thought, oh, right, I have pink hair. But, uh, you know, I'm getting used to it. How did the dog react to it, though? Oh, you know, he, every time I come in through the door, he's always, he runs straight to the door to, to greet me. And he came running to the door last night and stopped dead in his tracks. <laughs> <laughs> this is not forever, though. This is just for a couple weeks until you're getting a haircut and you're raising money in support of Kids with Cancer. Yes. February 21st at West Edmonton Mall. All the people that went through this process of getting their hair, uh, and I also got my beard all dyed. That must have been the tough one, is the beard. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's had their hair dyed, you know, all those chemicals, getting that close to the nostrils. I was awake. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so if people want to donate to help your cause, obviously, thestingers.ca. And what is your Twitter handle? Hilsey J, I believe. Yeah, my Twitter handle yeah, is Hilsey yes, J. Yes, that's okay. Hilsey J. That's Hilsey J. Save the day, Avery. <laughs> um, well, Jason, anyways, congratulations. I've done the hair massacre myself. I wasn't brave enough to dye my hair pink, so kudos to you. It's for a great cause. If you're listening to this, any dollar amount you can, please send it to Jason. Uh, it's for a terrific cause. February 21st Correct. at West Edmonton Mall. Awesome. Well, you've been busy dyeing your hair, but the CEBL has been busy with his free agency period and it's kind of a unique situation for this league that it had a very successful year one and now we have to kind of have to do it again and now there's more eyes on the league and there's more talent available the stingers have announced two signings so far one is xavier moon who electrified edmonton fans last year and the other was was matthew kemba kira i'll start with you xavier moon he got hurt missed a lot of time last year but he's a very explosive player what when you watched him play the handful of times you got to see him play in edmonton what stood out to you his speed, but also his confidence, too. You know, he wanted the ball in big moments. He wanted to take it to the rim. He wanted to take those big shots, and he's just so fun to watch. He's, it's exciting that we've signed him because he's a franchise player, you know, and he's one of the faces, if not the face of the league, because he was the MVP, and to have him in Edmonton is, is huge. Jason, he's currently playing in the NBL right now, correct? you? Obviously, you're still in contact, I'd say, regular with some of these players, but are the Stingers watching those games with really a close eye? Absolutely. Yeah. We were really hoping that he was going to crack the Raptors 905 uh, G League roster, and unfortunately, it didn't happen for him. He was the last cut. He had opportunities to potentially go play in Europe, but he went to go back to this route, and he's just showing how dominant he is in this league. I mean, he's averaging over 20 points a game, 5.8 assists, and... I mean, he had a 39-point triple-double. Like, those are astronomical numbers. For sure. Um, and it's just, he's really making a statement. I really think that G League teams will be looking at him as a guy that, okay, it didn't happen this year, but we're going to see how he does in the in the NBL. And then when he comes here to play in Edmonton for the Stingers, and, you know, I, I know for a fact he, he wants that G League opportunity. And I... and. 
you know, with the way he's playing right now in the NBL and if he carries over here and he makes his way to Edmonton, no doubt in my mind, he will have that opportunity. Avery, he missed a lot of time last year. He was hurt, but we, we, we were able to see the impact he had on the court. Just your thoughts on Xavier Moon and the other signing, Matthew Camba. Excellent defensive player. Your thoughts on both signings by the Stingers. Exactly. Well, Xavier Moon, you know, undersized guard, but man, could he fly. He, like, he, didn't, he wasn't afraid to go into the basket. He would drive all the time. I love that play. You know, being a small guy myself, I love seeing a guard who's undersized, who has no fear to go to the hoop. I love that with Xavier. And Matthew Kamba, you know, defensive stalwart. He was a guy, a great perimeter defender. He would see late in ball games. He would make the stops when he needed to. He chipped in offensively as well, 7.7 points per game. I know he's playing in Spain right now, averaging 10.9 points per game. If his game can develop offensively a bit more, along with that defensive play going to season two, yo, watch out, yo, for Matthew Kamba. Watch out. They had such a good mix of size and speed, athleticism, IQ, and the guys also got along really well. So why wouldn't you want, you know, even if you had some other really big pieces you could add, I think you want to keep that core together. I think that's what will separate teams kind of moving forward are the teams that are able to build every year because it's a summer league that I think that makes it a bit tougher so the fact that the Stingers have all these guys signing their option letters and it's you know very similar to the roster we had last year I think that puts them a step ahead of teams that haven't yet because it's just that consistency and keeping the foundation. For sure. And speaking of coming back, a player who is near and dear to Stingers fans who got to close eye or close look at him last season, Brody Clark, who missed a lot of time this year for the Golden Bears, returned. We're taping this on a Tuesday night, but returned last weekend on the road and then played two great games against Calgary, both one in Edmonton, one in Calgary. Jason Brody Clark is still young. He's still playing U Sports basketball. He's going to be an important part to the Stinger team. He is. The guys that sign these option letters, it's it's a case of we have until March 1st, where we have basically open to, to sign them. There's no guarantee that these guys are coming back, but there is a very good opportunity that these guys will be back. But when I look at a guy like Brody, just the, the, the amount he was able to develop this past year, last year, playing for the Bears, and really being able to take that team to another level and be the focal point of that team. And then joining the Stingers as a U-Sports player, he was clearly the best player in the league. He played valuable minutes, you know, and then he had the unfortunate injury in the preseason, works his tail off to come back 16 weeks later, has two phenomenal games against Trinity Western, and then has to face uh, one of the best teams in the country in Calgary. I know Thursday was not a performance he was happy with. The Bears did win, but then you see him come through with a 28-point performance to propel the Bears to a win on the road in Calgary. And you really start to see, like, this team, man, this team got so good without him. You had other guys take on bigger roles, and now you bring a Brody Clark back into the mix. This team is going to be extremely dangerous come playoff time, and when they qualify for nationals, which I don't see why they wouldn't, <laughs> um, you know, it's it, hard to get there. It is. It is. It's definitely hard to get there. But if they get there, they're going to be a. They're going to have a really good shot. Um, you know. You know what I think is going to be a big part of Brody's success, and I think I, I don't know personally, but if I from looking from the outside in, a part of why he is so successful now is Jordan Baker. You know, he's been a part of the program for how many years? He was the star. You know, Brody's breaking Baker's records and stuff now. So not only does he lead the way for him to come in and play that kind of all-star, he's on the bench with the Bears, coaching him, mentoring him, building a bond and a relationship with him, which is just that you couldn't ask for a better situation that way, especially if, you know, Baker, if he's, you know, how long is he going to play? 
Who knows? And you have a young guy coming in that just starting his pro season who has all this potential and the right mentor showing in the way. And you know, Brody, that uh, him and Jordan have a really strong bond. And I know this past summer with Brody being able to play with Jordan meant a lot to him because they were able to, he was really, he really looks up to Jordan. Um, I'm sure he's a big part of recovering from his injury too. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I look at Jordan this year. We obviously, as an organization, want him back. But there's that possibility that he qualifies for the Olympics with 3x3. If that does happen, which, you know, we hope for him and we hope for the organization that it does, it's going to be a big, big summer for, for him and for us. We will take a quick timeout. You're listening to the Starting Rotation podcast presented by First Round and the Edmonton Stingers. Edmonton Stingers season tickets are on sale now. Season tickets start at just $249. That's less than $20 a game. Check out thestingers.ca for more information. Get your Stingers season tickets today. A crazy weekend in Canada West. Start with the women's side. The top three teams in Canada West have really separated themselves. Yeah, because I'm super biased and a, <laughs> and a Husky. I I didn't think Calgary could take one off of Sask. But then I also didn't think the Pandas were going to take one off of Calgary. So it's been like they beat them and they beat them over here, but they lost to this person. But now that the Pandas took one off of Calgary, I think that puts them in the elite up top there. Like Even though they lost to Vic, they lost to Lethbridge, they took one off the number two team in the country at the time. And not to mention the fact that when I watched the game on Friday, I did not think the Pandas were going to beat them on Saturday. I thought that they played really well on Friday. It was really exciting, and I don't think that the score at the end of the game really reflected what happened in the game. But I just thought that Calgary's... Anytime that Alberta did something really good, they had to work really hard. Calgary came back down and would hit a three, which seemed like you know, butter for them. So it was kind of, it was disappointing. The Pandas like cheering so loud, like they always do. And they were so into it. And it, it was a really exciting game, but it was just like Calgary just kind of smothered them a little bit. And I, I was a little bit surprised that the Pandas came back in Calgary and took one off them, but good on them, you know, like way to come back from that, go on their home court and, and take one off the second best team in the country. Beating Calgary in Calgary by a lot, that was impressive. You know what, nationally, hey, Alberta, pay them nationally to Alberta Golden Bears. Because you know Absolutely. what, going to the final, you know, in the final eight time, it's always about, you know, oh, what's uh, Lakehead doing? What's the hell is he doing? What's um, Carlton doing? I think nationally, you got to focus on what Alberta's doing right now. They're making some real waves in the program. Yeah, absolutely. And that team is so built for now. You have Brody. You've got guys like Dewan Williams and Ivan Akame, veteran guys that, you know, have been through this program and, and been through the lumps and the heartbreaks of going to nationals. And, you know, you look at this past weekend, Ivan Akame just shot the hell out of the ball. Like quite literally, I mean, he he was so dangerous from from the three point line. I mean, when he starts shooting, you're in trouble. When uh, I, I correct me if I get his name wrong, Jeffrey James. Yep. Yes. Oh, I liked watching he's a good him. Young player, yeah. yeah, he's going to be a big. I should call him young. He's going to be a big part of the Golden Bears program moving forward for a few years. Now. Yeah, he was one of my favorites because yeah. he came on every time he stepped on the floor. He just had fire and energy, and he was really exciting. He can he can give them a shot in the arm when they need it sometimes. Yeah. He starts, he can come off the bench. Uh, he shoots the three ball very well. And we're chatting about uh, about Moon earlier in the show, but James is fast. He yeah. can really He's turn athletic. On hey, Super quick. athletic and long. Yeah. Long absolutely. arms. Such yep. long arms. Absolutely. And then, and then you look at a guy like Adam Page. That game on Thursday here against the Dinos, Brody gets into foul trouble, and Adam just took over the game 
in that fourth quarter and, and really made a difference. Uh, I mean, he's only in his second year yeah. and he's going to be a huge part of this program moving forward. Absolutely. I heard at least two conversations of people getting Adam Page and Brody Clark confused. <laughs> yeah, they, they <laughs> but they do couple, play a similar game. They though, do, yeah. and they have, their hair is kind of similar. Yep. Like this couple behind me, they were debating it and fighting about <laughs> who it was. I guess their numbers are kind of close too. Uh, the WNBA sent out a was it the, the WNBA the Players Association? Their Players mm-hmm. Association sent out an mm-hmm. ominous tweet. It was just the eyes emoji. Yes, and the Canadian flag. And the Canadian, Canadian flag. flag. Yeah. So <laughs> I think everyone's attention perked up. There's currently 12 teams in the WNBA, but that means means that maybe there's one, maybe even two more coming. Uh, went to Canada. I think Toronto is kind of everyone's gut thought, maybe Vancouver. But Kira, Edmonton kind of does make sense. Again, pure speculation, but home of the women's national team, the Pandas program. The women's basketball's found a home in Edmonton, and Edmonton isn't a crazy idea. No, and we talked about it last podcast about how the women's basketball culture in Edmonton has been pretty strong. And we had the grads, our, our, the Panda program, always one of the best um, in Canada West, if not the country. Um, the women's national team comes and practices here and plays here, and they it's like a home for them. I really hope that they end up coming here. My gut says that they're probably Toronto would be where they probably land. Probably a couple teams away. Still, but I would but. think Edmonton would be in the conversation. We have a, a, a great arena where they could play. Uh, we already have a pro team here. So, you know, not that you... You know, they're different, but at the same time, like there's a setup for it. There's a business, there's a market because it's already here. So it would be awesome. I don't think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but you know, I bet Edmonton is a city that's, you know, in the conversation. I, yeah, I bet it's been written on a whiteboard since someone's <laughs> yeah. office yeah. somewhere. Avery, that would be just fantastic for the city of, of Edmonton, wouldn't it? It really would be. You know, the little lead has a team in Tulsa. So why can't it, Edmonton not survive if Tulsa has a franchise? I mean, not to knock it, though, but There's in terms of, of metropolitan. Tulsa listening, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. You just angered all of Tulsa, Oklahoma, with your <laughs> slander. T- I know, right? But I, know, I, don't, I don't know why it could work here. I mean, there's a great sports culture here, for great sure. basketball culture. I think it could work definitely as a Western franchise in the league, I think. For sure. So there's still a lot of speculation. Again, at the time of recording, we don't know too much about it. But exciting time. Anytime there's a new basketball team, I think everyone's ears and interests are going to perk up. So that's kind of news on the WNBA expansion. We have a lot to get to still to come on the Starting Rotation podcast. A rumor involving Masai Ujiri. Zion makes his debut. Put a pin in that you're listening to Starting Rotation presented by First Round. Edmonton Stingers season tickets are on sale now. Season tickets start at just $249. That's less than $20 a game. Check out thestingers.ca for more information. Get your Stingers season tickets today. All right, on the day we were recording this podcast, the New York Knicks, owned by James Dolan, fired their president, who's been there a long time, and for those who aren't aware, James Dolan took took over the Knicks about 20 years ago, and it's been 20 years of chaos absolutely since that. Uh, the rumors, and this is just the day and age we live in the social media, but Masai Ujiri's name was immediately brought up to this Knicks job, how James Dolan's been circling Masai for years. We've been through this with the Knicks probably about once a year for the last 20 years. They're going to get the big free agent. They were supposed to get LeBron. They didn't get LeBron. They are supposed to get one of or both of Katie and Kyrie, and then they signed across the street. And then now people think Masai Ujiri is going to leave Toronto to potentially take the Knicks job. Now, 
I don't know why Masai would leave. He just won. He's very comfortable. Avery, I'll let you go off on this. Why would any accomplished executive leave a good job to go work for the New York Knicks? To try and be a hero, but I don't see why Masai would. The Knicks right now have 15 wins. They are in the basement or near the basement of the Eastern Conference. People will say, oh, money. Yeah, you, you, you can make money everywhere. Yes. Jason, you work for a team. Would your job be not a lot more difficult if you had a horrendous owner that was meddling all the time? It'd make your job extremely difficult to do from a business point of view. Absolutely, it would. It would be very frustrating, very difficult to deal with. But I look at Masai and I, I don't think he goes either. But if he were to go... Maybe that's the opportunity where James Dolan steps back and says, okay, here are the keys. You go at it. But what I just, why, why now though, if Dolan were to do that, I just, if he, if he would have, if he was going to do it, he would have done it by now. I just think Dolan just can't get out of his way. You're, you're. His own way, I should say. You're right. I just think that, I mean, look what Masai has done. I mean, he's the, the, the golden child of the NBA right now when Absolutely. it comes to NBA executives. And if they're able to land him, maybe that is what the Knicks and, and James Dolan need to step back uh, and it, let him do it, his work. What I find fascinating is that is just how up in arms Raptor fans are. I mean, the likelihood of, of him leaving. We is, did just lose Kawhi Leonard. That so is very true. A little, yeah. bit, That's, in, like, a little but, bit touchy about losing people. But yeah. you didn't lose him <laughs> to- We're protective right now. But you didn't lose him to the Knicks. Though. No. <laughs> no. That's no. the thing. But I think just the thought <laughs> yeah, of like- for sure. Kawhi and then Masai. For sure. Like Avery, playing at the Garden can only get you so far. Like of course, I if you're just, if you like that kind of thing, playing at the most famous arena in the world 41 times a night would be pretty cool. However, if we look at what Kyrie and Katie did, they get to live in New York, they get to play in Brooklyn. Uh, the, the Knicks don't even practice at Madison Square Garden. That's what's also a lot of people don't realize is that the Knicks' lives are all spread out all over. Whereas if you play in Brooklyn, you can live and work all within a two block radius. So that's different player managing and all that stuff. But the Garden can only get you so far. And the Knicks have become not just the biggest laughing stock in the NBA, but probably in all of sports. It, it is. I mean, it'll be cool, you know, hey, I'm in the Mecca. There's Spike Lee. There's Chris Rock. But oh, yeah, we've lost 12 games in a row. It's <laughs> that stuff really, really isn't worth it anymore. And, you know, a lot of Knicks fans were hoping they're going to get win the draft lottery and get Zion. And we finally got to see Zion. We'll get to that in a second. But I just I'm a believer in sports karma. And I don't think anything nice is going to happen to the Knicks as long as James Dolan is running that team. And I think the draft lottery was maybe a prime example of that, how it was all destined that. Uh, Zion was going to go to New York, and then he ends up going to New Orleans, and then misses half the season. And then he starts shooting three balls. Like that was quite the impressive debut for for Zion. Was it worth? Was it was the build up? I guess worth the payoff in your mind, Kira? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Awesome. Especially because he waited to the fourth. Yeah. To like really it go was off. just kind of yeah. like oh. So he played eighteen minutes, I think, that first game, or yeah. something very so, small. Yeah. Like that. Very well. He hasn't played many minutes since That's he true, started. Actually, I think yeah. he's like twenty six or like somewhere around there a game but like there was it's like oh you know he's out there and he's big and he's fast and uh you know he can do these things and all of a sudden he just goes off in the fourth and you're like finally like thank you so much for giving us something to watch because there has been so much build up to this kid and i was really pleased i was glad that he delivered and finally, a reason to watch Pelicans games is the NFL can at least flex out bad games, but there's a lot of Golden State and New Orleans games on primetime NBA, and Golden State really didn't have a whole lot going for them, and without Zion, neither did uh, New Orleans. Jason, what do you think of Zion's debut? Oh, you know what? There's so much pressure on that kid, yeah. and he come in and just left people speechless in some ways. I mean, he's so entertaining to watch, and 
I mean, he is going to be such a big part of that team. Big part of the league moving forward. And big forward, part of the yeah. league. And I look at that that franchise and I mean, you lose a guy like Anthony Davis and now Zion's coming in and you look at the pieces they have together. I mean, if they can keep that young core together, this is a team that could be on the rise in a few years. And what I just found so fascinating with him is he's so entertaining to watch, but you look at his stat line and it's just, he's, he's so efficient. Yeah. He's so incredibly efficient. Like for the amount of minutes he's playing, he's putting up a lot of points and he's getting rebounds and he's blocks. I mean, that the what the third game he had that massive block that went at eight rows up and well, he the, blocked Westbrook off the backboard. Yeah. It was like, oh, he's not gonna like that. <laughs> no, I mean it's uh, and he's I, not I'm, making friends. And I listened to an interview with him uh, the other night, and it's just he's you can just tell he's a young kid who's having so much fun. Oh, for sure, yeah, and. Yeah, he knows there's pressure, but he doesn't look at it that way. Interesting to see his first couple weeks in the NBA, and that's definitely going to be a player to watch uh, moving forward. The trade deadline is approaching in the National Basketball Association, and the Golden State Warriors signed D'Angelo Russell this offseason, of course, to offset Kevin Durant losing, but then... They just had bad luck. Steph got hurt. Of course, Clay still hurt. So they're maybe looking to offload D'Angelo. And the one name that was popping up is Andrew Wiggins now. Canadian basketball fans know Wiggins quite a bit. It's a very big contract and not a ton of, I guess, bang for your buck would be the polite way of saying it. Avery, how would you describe Andrew Wiggins' I guess first four or five years in the league? Has it been disappointing? Has it been what you were expecting or has it been better? Oh, how do I describe Andrew Wiggins? He's a kid where if he tries, he could be an all-star, but he's an apathetic all-star player. It doesn't make sense. He's not even trying, and he can be a 20-point guy. He just He's frustrating because you know he could be MVP kind of guy, but he's just been coasting for the past five years and still averaging 20 points a game in Minnesota. It's frustrating to watch him play some years. Yeah, he was drafted first overall and then was a part of the, the, the Kevin Love trade. Do you think the Golden State Warriors could maybe be the right place for Andrew Wiggins and a guy like Steve Kerr might be able to unlock something in Wiggins we haven't seen? Or when a guy like Steph Curry comes back, he can unlock something. Or maybe just Draymond Green snaps at him once in a practice <laughs> and we figure out, like, could maybe a change of location be beneficial to Wiggins? I really think so. I'm I'm on the other side of it where I still think that there's potential there. So He's, you still have Wiggins stock? I do. You're, you're I the do. person holding on to and, it? And I know that like people are really hard on him, but like over his career, he's averaged 19 points a game, almost 20 points a game. He shot over... I think over like 43% his whole career, like almost five rebounds. He's averaging 22 this year. Like that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like it's A lot not, of teams would like to have that. Yeah. And I know that he's not exactly what, you know, Canadians thought he was going to be because he's a first overall and he was supposed to be the second coming of Jordan and all of these things. But like, he's not having a, a bad career by any stretch of the imagination. And I do think that going somewhere that... I don't want to say humbles him because I don't think that it's an arrogance thing. Like maybe it is. I'm not sure. But going somewhere where Draymond Green, you know, snaps on you a little bit. But at the same time, you have Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, you know, showing him how to be an all-star, showing him how to score and, and you know, be the player that he's supposed to be, that he could be. Um, I really, I hope so. I really do and hope so. And you're right, so. Kira, I think. Who's he had to mentor him? Also, we mentioned screaming. Jimmy Butler screamed at yeah. him at some point. But Jimmy I Butler's, also like Jimmy yeah, Butler. But, but Jimmy Butler's <laughs> a not a conversation. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler's not a guy that you can really look to and be like, okay, Jimmy. You know, attach we, at the hip to this. Attach well, at the hip. You mentioned favors to, to Zion yeah. earlier. Yeah, and he, I don't know if Andrew's ever had that in his career. And I think if he does go to a place like Golden State, Steph Curry will make it a point 
of of really working with them. And you'll but have, do you don't think Butler's doing that in Miami right now? Like they're doing so well that he's got to be doing some leadership. He could have done some introspection after leaving the Sixers. True, I right. think it also helps with just the Pat Riley aura in Miami. Yeah, you're right. Lingering around. I agree. But, I, th- I think Butler has matured a little bit since he went to yeah. Miami. And but, and like you said, like the aura, but he also has to buy into that aura sure. too. Like, you know, he's not going to be the one that screws that up or they'd ship him out. Absolutely. But, so it takes like a, a maturing. So like maybe he wasn't when he was in Minnesota, but I would argue that like, you know, he's, he's the one that's willing Miami to the season that they're having. We are running out of time on the starting rotation, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the basketball legend we lost. And to honor Kobe, since we are running out of time, I will give each of you 24 seconds to share your favorite Kobe Bryant memory or story or just what he meant to you. I'm putting you all on the spot, so I apologize. I will start first. You can all watch me hit the timer. Everyone, not everyone, a lot of people around my age when they grew up playing basketball in the street were Kobe or Shaq. And I was always Shaq and my good buddy Dave was always Kobe. So being the ages of like nine to 14, that was us on the driveway. He was Kobe, I was Shaq. And nothing I can say can add to all the wonderful tributes everyone else has said. So really sad time for not just the basketball community, but for the sports community. I took 26, I'm sorry. Who's up next? I'll go. I don't really have a favorite memory. He was just such an inspiration and such a motivational person to watch, to listen to, to listen to other people speak about him and what he was capable of doing, his focus, his hard work. Um, And then who he became after he retired was really what made me fall in love with Kobe so much was just his dedication to his daughter and the women's game and who he had transformed into I just thought was the most inspirational thing. Jason. For me, uh, Kobe was always that that evil villain because he which I, is the best. I just I cheered for t- like I always had that under, uh, underdog mentality, and he, you know, uh, always knocked out my teams uh, over the years. And um, but for me, it just seeing him work and put the work in it really, and just me being involved in sports all these years, he really taught me about what it's like to put a dynasty together and have a team where you can win multi- that championship mentality. For sure. Avery? I would say it was the 81-point game in Toronto. It was, in Martin era, the most peak, I'm taking this game over, I'm not losing, no matter what. The guy dropped, what, 49 second-half points. That'll never happen again. 49 in the second half. That was just ridiculous. And I think we're also very fortunate that most of us were able to watch it because it was against the Raptors. So it was yeah. on, I think it was on, like, headline <laughs> sports at the time. So I, I think we all remember watching that game. Uh, really sad week for the basketball community. And we're starting to heal now, obviously, but... When uh, a giant that big is taken from you, it really, really stops to make you think. Thanks for listening, everyone. That was Starting Rotation, presented by First Round and the Edmonton Stingers. Mm-hmm.